Hello and welcome to the reading room. My name is Rose, or Floaty Explodey on Twitter, and today I will be reading chapter 32 of Hot Headed by Mophie Kitten. Disclaimer, this fic is rated M for mature. For additional tags, please see the AO3 link in the description. Bakugo Ochiko was deeply, undeniably, unfathomably in love with Bakugo Katsuki. She had been for years. When had been the first time she'd realized it? Probably far later than she should have. That day, she'd won the race near the last week of high school. But she definitely felt it even earlier. Maybe that New Year's night, he'd confessed his own feelings for her. That time, he'd almost kissed her on their last day of summer break. Or maybe it had been even before that. Maybe when he'd cornered her in a kitchenette and had told her he wasn't looking to be a mere distraction for her. She didn't know exactly when those feelings had become so strong for her. But she knew she loved him, and she knew that would never change. Ochiko stood on stage in front of a crowd of people, all seated around beautifully decorated tables, eyes focused solely on her. Hi, she began, swallowing her nerves as she had been trained. For those of you who don't know, my name is Bakugo Ochiko, or Aravity, for those who know me as a hero. She glanced to her right, seeing Kotsky seated at a table near the front along with many of her friends from school, now also heroes she often worked with. Kotsky raised his eyebrows at her, willing her to continue. I've known Nate and Deku for, well, quite a few years now. I was close friends with Deku throughout most of high school, and I met Nate when he hired me during my summer internship at a hero agency. Feeling more confident now that she'd gotten going. Her eyes turned to Nate and Deku, who were sitting side by side at the table in front of her, their fingers entwined. I am fortunate to consider the both of them my best friends, and I feel honored that they asked me to speak here at their wedding reception. She looked back out over the crowd then. I introduced Nate and Deku not long after we graduated from high school, and I could tell that there was something special between them the moment they laid eyes on each other. And since I knew Deku would be afraid to make any moves, I kind of forced him to give his number to Nate and asked him to come to dinner with us. A small smile came to her lips as she remembered that moment, and the blush had spread across Deku's cheeks. She breathed deeply, calming herself once more before going on. I guess the rest is history because they got together not long after that. Looking back at the couple, she spoke directly to them. You know I love the both of you as if you were my own brothers. You're both such incredibly kind and caring people and deserve every happiness. I can't tell you how ecstatic I am that you found it in each other. I thought so from the very start. Both men smiled at her and she smiled back. Thank you, Nate, for being there for me through some of the hardest times I've had to deal with and trusting me despite my lack of experience. Thank you, Deku for inspiring me to be a great hero like you, and being my friend through some of the most awkward stages of my life in high school. I wish you two nothing but happiness. She stepped down from the stage to thunderous applause and took her seat with a smile, the music for the reception starting back up. That was nice, Mina complimented her. Super sappy, I'm sure their parents like it. Ochiko glanced over at the front table again to find Deku's mom sitting next to All Might, who had also taken up a seat next to her at the ceremony. 
She guessed it made sense. It was pretty well known All Might was Deku's mentor and somewhat of a father figure. Of course he'd want to be here. On the other end of the table, a refined and kindly couple were sitting. Nate's parents, the king and queen. They seemed happy to be here, and Ochako saw the beautiful woman, whom Nate had gotten his looks from, wipe a tear away once or twice. She was so unmistakably proud of her son, it warmed Ojiko's heart. All of these parents, and parental figures, seemed very pleased with her speech and had huge smiles on their faces as they continued conversation with their sons. She was so glad they'd been able to make it to the wedding. Her mother had pushed them to go and had fun in Croatia for a few days, guaranteeing one-year-old Setsuki would be fine for a little while without mommy and daddy. Ochiko wasn't quite sure when her mother had finally stopped giving Kotsky the cold shoulder, but it had been some time between her crying to her over the phone that they were engaged, and when they'd managed to break the top ten heroes in Japan less than a year later. Now she practically treated him like family, and Ochiko imagined she'd been wanting to do so with the gruff boy from the moment he'd sat on that couch with her. Ochiko turned back to her table and grabbed her glass of champagne, drinking the whole flute down. Even though she'd kept it together on stage, her nerves were shot now. Not to mention, this stuff was far more delicious than whatever wine Nate had offered to her in the penthouse those years ago. It was sweet, almost fruity. She doubted it had hardly any alcohol in it at all. It just went down so smoothly, there was no way it could be as bad as the wine or the vodka. Calm down there, Pink Cheeks, Kotsky warned. You know you haven't had any alcohol in, what, seven years now? It's fine, she brushed him off. This stuff doesn't seem that stiff, and we're about to eat dinner, so it'll be fine. Kotsky's eyebrows notched up in his customary, you're wrong, but you'll figure it out, expression, but he let the subject go as dinner was being served. She had another glass with dinner, and another glass after that with dessert. It was really good stuff, and she'd been right. It wasn't that effective. After polishing off yet another glass of champagne, the music was turned up, signaling that dessert was finished and the rest of the party was beginning. Ochiko quickly found herself swaying with the melody and wanting to dance. She pulled the sleeve of Kotsky's jacket, giving him a toothy smile. Dance with me. He gave her a look of bewilderment. Dance? No, I don't dance, Floaty. Please, she whined, sticking her bottom lip out and giving the saddest eyes she could. He eyed her, making an odd face as he took her in. I'll dance with you, Ochigo-chan, Mina said, grabbing her hand and pulling her to the dance floor before she had a chance to respond. It was then that Ochiko realized that maybe she hadn't been so right about the champagne after all. She hadn't really felt it until she tried to move her feet. But her whole body felt slightly numb now, and her mind had a certain fuzziness she couldn't shake. But for some reason, she didn't feel all too concerned about it right now. If anything, she felt wonderful, excited to party with her friends. She moved with Mina on the dance floor along with the rest of the crowd that had amassed, their bodies swaying to the beat, and she was feeling light and free. Suddenly, she saw a soft blue dress floating toward them and heard Toru's voice laughing along with them as they danced to the rhythm of the upbeat song. Kurishima joined them then, and she laughed at some of the more awkward moves he attempted. He didn't seem to be taking it all too seriously, though. Then came Kaminari, and not long after, Momo, followed by Kyoka. 
Soon, Ochiko didn't even know who was dancing around her, nor did she care how they were dancing as she felt her body melding to the beat of the song. Mina took her hand once more to begin twirling her around the floor, dipping her sometimes and then roaring with laughter when she almost tipped all the way over. When she was upright on her feet again, Ochiko looked Mina in the eyes, then grabbed her face suddenly. Mina got a slightly concerned look in her eyes, but kept her smile. Ochiko-chan? Mina, Ochiko spoke over the music. You've always been such a good friend to me. I love you. Oh, Ochiko, sweetie, you are drunk, but I love you too, Mina said, pulling her hands away and holding onto them, her eyes less concerned now. You're so pretty, Mina, Ochiko told her breathily, feeling overly affectionate. Thank you. But she completely froze as Ochiko pushed her lips against hers in a sloppy kiss then pulled away just as fast. Ochiko, you are very messed up right now. Mina laughed, not taking offense. Ochiko made a pouty face, knowing she was being inappropriate, but also wanting to seek out more affection. Mina hadn't been the one she was looking to kiss, she realized groggily. She went to the next person she could find, latching onto Momo's arm and dancing with her for a few seconds. She heard Mina calling to her and to Momo, but before Mina could get to them, she pulled Momo in for a wet, mostly unpleasant kiss as well, shocking the poor woman and making her entire face flush. Ochiko-chan, are you- But Ochiko pushed away from her also. She wasn't the one either. Hearing a more masculine voice, she butted up against Kaminari, who turned to her with a huge grin. He looked like he was having fun. Ochiko-chan, he called over the din and pulled her in to dance with him, Kyoka, and Toru. His grin died completely when she gripped his head, almost brutally, and forced his lips against hers. He didn't even have time to react before she pushed him away again, hearing Toru's peals of laughter and Kyoka looking mildly amused as Kaminari spoke in a panicked voice. I did not kiss her. Someone tell Katsuki that I did not kiss her. Ochiko. He heard a rough voice growl into her ear as a large hand wrapped around her wrist and began pulling her off the dance floor. Oh my god, Katsuki, I did not kiss her. She heard Kaminari yell, his voice getting smaller with each step away. Am I dead? Am I gonna die? Was the last thing she could make out before Katsuki pulled her all the way off the dance floor to their table, which was now devoid of any occupants. Sit. Katsuki barked at her, but she refused, deciding instead to pull him in too and pushed her lips against his. She sighed into his mouth. This was the one she'd been looking for. She didn't know how she'd gotten it all confused. It had to have been all the dancing and the music, and how many glasses had she drunk again? When he pulled back from her, his voice sounded calmer. Sit, he commanded, pushing her into a chair and pulling another alongside hers. You are the sloppiest drunk in existence, Angel Face. She grinned at him, though, not really caring what he was saying, just enjoying looking at his handsome face. He pushed a glass of water toward her. Drink this. She did, not wanting to disappoint her beautiful husband. After taking a few gulps of water, she let out a huge breath of air and said, I'm so glad I made you fall in love with me. You're the best husband ever. He rolled his eyes, but they definitely glittered with a certain amount of pride. I told you to ease off the glasses, he admonished, 
his voice mostly soft now. You should go back to the hotel room and sleep it off. Ochako scrunched her face up in a stubborn pout. But they haven't even thrown the bouquet yet. They're not gonna throw a bouquet, Floaty. There's no bride. She slouched down in her chair, defeated. She wanted to party more. She wanted to spend more time with her friends outside of work. Now she was being dragged away for being bad. Fine, she relented, letting him pull her up again, liking the feel of his muscled arm around her waist. After a few hurried goodbyes, he led her out of the ballroom and into an elevator to travel up to their room. Koski sighed heavily, rubbing at his temple. I can't believe I'm having to say this, but you're going to have to apologize to those guys tomorrow. What? She asked, confused. Who? Fucking who? He scoffed. Ashido, Yairozu, Denki, you assaulted them with your lips. Mochiko thought he might be right, but she also found herself feeling a bit put out by the idea. Did they not like her kisses? She decided to ask her husband this question. He seemed to be a fan after all. The elevator dinged, the door sliding open, and he ushered her through them quickly, almost a little too rough, then began half-walking her, half-carrying her down the hallway. That's not the point, he retorted, grunting as he pulled her down the hallway step by step. It's not about whether they liked your kisses. They didn't want them. Now Zenki thinks I'm going to murder him because you kissed him right in front of my face. That thought jarred her, and terror seeped through her veins. Her eyes wide, gazing up at him regretfully. Are you... are you gonna murder him? What the fuck? No, I'm not gonna... You're impossible to reason with like this. I forgot how you acted when you're drunk, he said, shaking his head. As they approached their room, she pulled away from him, nearly stumbling in the process. Kotsky reached out to try and balance her, but she slapped his hands away, feeling offended by his words. So? She snapped, pushing him back a pace. What are you saying? You don't like when I drink? That's not what I'm saying, Floaty. He growled with annoyance. I'm saying you get a little handsy and extremely belligerent. She snorted, her anger flaring a little brighter. Well, fuck you too! She slurred, pushing him again. Yeah, he was right, and she couldn't think of anything smart to say back right now, so that was what she went with. He looked down at her, irritation sparking in his own eyes as well. You better cut it out, Ochiko, he warned, his voice sounding rougher now, deeper. Or what? She snapped, pushing him again, his back hitting the door to their room, and he bared his teeth at her dangerously. Recognition shot through her. They'd been here before in this exact situation. And looking into his glowing, molten eyes, she could tell he recalled it too. What are you going to do? Grab my neck? Push me against a wall? Bite me? She said, slower now, her anger petering out as her body filled with heat. Kotsky looked up and down as his chest heaved, his blazing eyes finally meeting hers again. You want me to? She gave him her own scorching stare as she pushed him against the door again, a thud sounding at his back. Yes, she replied like a taunt, and pushed herself up on her tiptoes to meet his lips, already waiting for her, responding with enthusiasm as he wrapped one arm around her, 
the other fumbling with the keycard in the lock. Finally getting it open, they pushed their way into the room and slammed the door, stumbling toward the bed. This scene was so familiar, and it was practically poetic to be reenacting one of their first sexual encounters as Ochiko landed on top of him with a tiny grunt, never taking her lips from his. She ran her hands over his body, and he explored hers as well, as if it were all brand new. This time, however, when Ochiko finally reached the button of his pants, he definitely did not stop her. Thank you so much for listening to Hot-Headed by Movie Kitten. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.